Thursday. So happy to be here with you guys. Danny, what are we talking about today? Today is our first wheel of 2023. That's super exciting. And it sounds like we should do something here. super fun. Oh, I don't know about super fun. Uh, I guess I was thinking really boring, but oh. we can go with fun today. Okay, nice. What's our wheel song? <gasps> Did you forget? We've done the wheels on the bus. Jesus, take the wheel. We have. Wheel of the World by Carrie Underwood. Um, I think we did the circle of life as an extension. Rock me, mama. I think you may have done that one. I did do that one, I do believe. Wagon wheel. Wheels on the bus. My friend's playing Take Me Home Country Roads, and that just ain't it. You know what? That one's about driving through the country, so I'll take it. Perfect. All right, excellent. <laughs> um, Today, we are taking on the wheel a little differently than we've done in the past. This isn't like necessarily a session plan or like a, like a clear and cut session we're talking today about procedural support in the hospital specifically looking at procedural support when we're doing things that are called a dressing change do we were trying to figure out how to best focus this to um like make it most attainable as the listener in a short amount of time yeah so we're gonna go with dressing changes um you go for it yeah so a dressing itself is basically what we put over a wound or abrasion on the skin to block it from germs and things in the outside world. So when we're looking at a dressing change, typically we are dealing with an adhesive, with adhesive remover that has to come off the skin, a cleaning of the wound, abrasion line, and then a replacement of the adhesion onto the skin again. So sometimes it's clear and you can see the line that's under it if it's a pick line um, or a specific type of wound, sometimes you can't see it. So typically when we're looking at a dressing change, there are steps that we take to be able to do the dressing change. There are breaths we can take to do it. But typically, depending on the type of dressing, this is the most typical dressing change that I have done, we do what's called cold spray to remove the adhesive. We remove the adhesive also with this, like, it's not goo gone for the skin, but it's basically goo gone for the skin. And we rub that on the skin to get all of it off. And then we have this foam cleaner that snaps and we clean it with foam cleaner and we wait for it to dry and then we replace the dressing wet the area again with like an antiseptic wipe it off place the dressing back dressing change is like essentially a really fancy word for a clear band-aid that we put over anything that needs to be kept safe yes and most common in hemonc i see it a lot for um pick lines and usually um most common everywhere in the hospital pick lines is pretty much what we're doing dressing changes what's for. a pick line a pick line is a peripheral inserted catheter, I think. Um, basically, it is a line that goes deeper in so it can last longer when we're putting fluids, meds, all the different things. It lasts goes, longer than an IV. Sorry, lasts longer than an IV, yes. It goes in the upper portion of your arm kind of by your bicep. Yeah, it's usually like on the inner inner part of your bicep. Mm-hmm, because they're trying to get it close to the arteries around your heart. Yeah. They actually get it all the way to the... Yeah. A lot of the times, like, dressing changes for littles is very anxiety-provoking, pretty much any, getting touched in the hospital when you Specifically are. Specifically by someone who's dressed like a nurse with a mask on. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty anxiety-provoking. So, our job in the situations is to ease anxiety, ease pain perception, ease agitation. For both the patient and, honestly, the staff. Amen. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I see this in hematology and oncology. 
Um, I'm sure you see it all the time in the PICU. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common, I think, around the entire hospital, but this is just where I've seen it. Yeah. Um, Dressing changes for specifically the PIC line happen pretty frequently. They have to happen weekly, and so we see them pretty regularly. So it's something that's pretty doable for a music therapist to schedule with the team if we know who's doing the dressing change. Um, And so that kind of helps to make a plan and maintain it with them. When we're dealing with these things that you may or may not be aware of or you might may or may not know about if you were in the hospital, if you didn't have someone to ask that was somebody in your discipline, like a music therapist, you could ask a nurse, you could ask a child life specialist, um, you can even ask a doctor if you needed, but you have people that can kind of explain these things to you. We just wanted to break it down a little bit for you here. And here's the thing. So me going into my current job, during my internship, we had so many child life specialists that music therapists were rarely ever used for procedures just because child life specialists were there and available and that's kind of their main gig. So whenever I came into my current job, I was really anxious about the word procedural support. All it is is a music therapy session where our goal is essentially distraction Mm -hmm. and to ease anxiety, agitation, and pain perception. Straight up. And the only difference is there's there's commonly other people in the room. And there's like an acute kind of pain taking off something, something that's immediately scary and does end. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about some things that we've done with dressing changes. I can go, I'll go first. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a specific like patient situation just to paint the picture because I feel like it's easier for me to explain that way. Um, So I had a patient who did not typically cope very well with anything. Um, She was, had a lot of medical trauma, very anxious about anything and everything. I went in with her initially just to do a session with her. It was great. We did a lot of improvisation, instrument play, singing How Far I'll Go, Let It Go, whatever. We like did some like role playing with her characters and music, whatnot. Then the nurses come in for a dressing change. I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this. What I did in preparation is I've, I've been with this patient before and she's very rarely distractible with instruments, like with improv, with just like singing any song. So instead I came at it from a like songwriting perspective and an empowerment perspective. What do you usually call these? Um, the style of intervention that you use in an affirmation song affirmation or a coping song. song, but affirmation song is kind of the mentality that yeah. I think you took. So what I did with her um, was we created a song um, and it went like this. It was like, Danielle is strong. Danielle is brave. Danielle is strong and brave. Then we would repeat it. Um, I did that in a very collaborative way with my patient. I said, what? I was like, what are you? Strong. What are you? Brave. Obviously, it took a little bit more probing than this. Right. But talking about all of the things that we are and why we can overcome this dressing change. So a question I have for you, Danielle, when we're dealing with these younger kids, these maybe young school-aged or toddler-aged that have some words, but not all of them, did you give the word strong and brave or did the patient come up with them independently? This patient has had neuroblastoma for a year strong and brave were like very much the affirmations that her and her mom used nice so it was kind of something that I pulled from them okay um and also just knowing the patient now I think would I think in other instances yes like providing different words how do you feel do you feel this this or this right and like using those as kind of like a fill in the blank thing yeah I did this over like one four five I think I can't remember what key it was in it was like probably GC GED something like that very simple very simple progression that was very easy to sing over for me and for the patient because the patient is a little singer um beyond the affirmation section was there any sort of coping skill integrated into the song so the next part was we go danielle is brave danielle strong danielle strong and brave and then we go breathe in 
and out <sighs> breathe in and then we would do that over and over again and nice. then we would go back into daniel is strong daniel is strong and brave and then she ad-libbed yeah yeah <laughs> so this was extremely successful and there's a lot of layers here got in with the patient before the nurses even showed up mm-hmm. in a perfect world i would have planned this with them but this just kind of happened but i was in there and was able to build rapport and like kind of have that distraction already built in and then knowing they were coming in to do this and knowing this patient being able to say okay we are going to need something to actively participate in while doing this procedure right so it can't just be like let's just listen to the song we need to be singing we need to be playing an instrument so we mm-hmm. that's what we did she coped beautifully didn't yeah. even flinch at the dressing change when usually she would scream and it would take forever so this is like a good example so i would say just like engaging in like regular instrument play being able to do an affirmation song and then building in like an active coping skill during the session it's super effective for this patient yeah that's great I think the experiences I think of when it comes to dressing changes, I've had experiences similar to that. I think the one I specifically am thinking of right now is dealing more with our our kids that are neurodivergent, specifically with sensory processing disorders or on the spectrum. And so I had one older individual who was very resistant to staff. So anytime anyone in scrubs walked in, they were very um, agitated. They would stand up or move towards staff swiftly kind of to get them out of their room because they didn't want them in the space and so this is a child that was independent in movement that could stand up and walk around the room that's not always the case with our dressing changes but this child was and so a lot of the goal with them was getting them in a place that they felt safe and comfortable so a chair or a bed with limited verbal communication because they did not communicate verbally and also um, helping them have choice in the dressing change. And so this looked a lot like familiar instruments that the patient loved. This patient specifically loved the keyboard and repetitively playing the same few keys on the keyboard. We, over time in a relationship, developed um, kind of like a back and forth song that we would play. And so I would play one thing and he would play it back or vice versa. And so this is how I would get him into the chair that he was sitting, something that maintained his attention, um, that he was very intrinsically motivated by and then um once we could get him settled and nursing in we're allowed to give him choice about what would come next and really for for him choice didn't look like actual choice choice just looked like now or three seconds or now or one more and one more was us playing one time the keyboard back and forth so these were parameters that again were set over time and so during the actual dressing change it was kind of just maintaining that pattern of giving that choice now one more We'd play the piano, and then as they did the dressing change, he was able to play with me. Um, So this is just an example of active music engagement and distraction, but it was very much patient-led. There were times that this dressing change with this patient, because I did it multiple times, went very differently. Um, But overall, maintaining a pattern and maintaining the plan and maintaining structure was very successful for him, probably because partially he was on the spectrum, and that Mm. structure was very supportive for him. Outside of that patient and the endless dressing changes with him, music-assisted relaxation is the jam. Mm -hmm. For me, this looks like if you're familiar with a protocol of NICU music therapy, it looks very similar to it, which basically is you start at a baseline with very minimal playing, so picking just the guitar, and then you add a layer of voice, and then if there is a touch element that you wanted to add, and then you reduce the stimulus. So it's kind of like a U-shape. You go up, and then you come down. 
And that is very successful for me in dealing with specifically the picky when my patients are more sedated and we're going through a dressing change and they are anxious, but they're out of it, if you will, because they're on medications. And um, having that kind of ebb and flow was very successful. So when something major was going to happen, the bandage was coming off or a new sensory experience was happening, I was able to prepare them musically, non-verbally, just completely with the changes in the music. And we would go through multiple up and down kind of progressions. Yeah. So I think it all, a lot of it just looks like active engagement or engaging at whatever level the patient is willing and able. Disclaimer, I've had so many procedures where um, the patient creamed and, or screamed and cried and there was really nothing I could do because they were three years old and that is developmentally appropriate for a three-year-old. Don't get discouraged if you ever try something and that like it doesn't go well in your eyes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times whenever that happens because children get pokes and like that's just what happens my goal turns into um can we get back to baseline that's exactly what I was about to say that's yeah. I think the success measure that I typically take is how long after the experience or after the nurse after the nurse steps out of the room does it take the patient to return to where they were when we walked in yeah and typically in these experiences we're talking about even when they do go with screaming and crying or resistance um if the intervention is successful like the sorry the dressing change is successful it doesn't take that long after we're done for them to de-escalate because be okay yeah because we know distraction and relaxation and all these things like do help so sometimes it's just you gotta you have to accept it for what it is and like I had a patient who did really well before and then something happened she got really unwell um her mental status kind of changed and then she was inconsolable Mm -hmm. not a reflection on you as a music therapist or the intervention try the interventions again it's just how it goes sometimes it does yeah and always use your people if you don't feel like you know what you're doing that's okay you can ask for what the steps of the procedure are or ask for help from your team and if you feel like it's something you need to hand off that's okay too if it feels like it's something outside of your scope or you want to know more on but you want to be present and shadow first and watch it and see okay what does this look like there's nothing wrong with asking to take a step back and figure out what's going on before you step in if you're a person that just jumps in i'm typically a person that just jumps right in i think danielle is too Mm -hmm. You go for it. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Love it. Any more on dressing changes or what you've done? It seems really scary in the beginning, but after you do it a few times, you realize that it's really helpful and you can do it too. Yeah. That's it. I love it. Yay. All right. Thanks for joining us. Please let us know what you think and please let us know of any like super creative interventions if you have them. We pretty much just like go in with a guitar and see what happens a yeah, lot of the time. Specifically with, with procedural support. We'd love to yeah. hear. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining. We'll see y'all next time. Mm-hmm.